What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, isn't my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of your WrestleGeddon podcast. I am, as always, your most illustrious host, Chris the Heat Matthews, back once again to invade your ear holes for another fun-filled week of professional wrestling talk. So here we go. We're going to jump right in. We're going to break it down with some news. Break it down. Coming off of this week, WWE has announced that the Starcade event will return on December 1st and will be a WWE Network special. So finally, after two years of us clamoring, begging, pleading, we are finally getting Starcade as a network special. So we missed some cool shit the last couple of years. So hopefully we see some cool ass shit on this event. Um, sticking with the WCW-ish theme, 20 episodes of WCW Thunder were released on the network. Uh, those editions started with the June 28th, 2000 edition and ending with the November 8th, 2000 edition. So we pretty much got the rest of the year 2000 on WCW, uh, which pretty much just about closes out the existence of WCW there. So uh, what else we got? Uh, NXT on USA Network debut drew over a million viewers uh, ratings wise. So that's pretty cool. Also with NXT, Triple H had stated after the event that Pete Dunne, Rhea Ripley, and Tony Storm are part of the main NXT brand. And he had also stated that NXT UK talent is also a part of the NXT bucket, which explains why we had Imperium on the show Wednesday night. So that's kind of cool um, with the absorption of 205 Live, NXT UK being a part of that as well. It would seem that NXT does have enough talent to fill out a two-hour live broadcast. Um, hell, they could probably do a three-hour live broadcast and still put out better quality content than both Raw and SmackDown. So, uh, with Raw and SmackDown news, WWE has finally officially announced that the draft will take place after Hell in a Cell. So, the long-rumored draft is finally happening, has been confirmed, so starting on October 11th on SmackDown, and we'll finish up on the October 14th edition of Raw. Uh, unfortunately, NXT was not mentioned as being part of the draft, but you can pretty much bet that both Raw and SmackDown will be pulling talent from the NXT brand. Plus, with an announcement of the draft happening, we here at the WrestleGeddon Podcast will be doing a bonus Hell in a Cell edition, um, where not only will we be talking about the Hell in Cell pay-per-view as it is going on, as far as each match breaking it down, uh, we will be doing a mock draft of 10 superstars as one of us takes a brand, either Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and we'll pick 10 superstars from any active promotion just to kind of build a fantasy draft and have a little for a little more fun with it just so we're not regulated strictly to wwe so it gives us a chance to possibly build some fantasy matchups things like that so it should be pretty fun um with that we segue into some aew news aew news good lord i'm starting over my words tonight um aew has officially announced and released a poster 
for their Wednesday night show. The name is officially Dynamite, which, you know, we're kind of sticking with some old WCW things here because WCW Nitro and Thunder. Now we have AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite, which actually doesn't sound too bad, but, you know. Um, the first show with the matches that were already announced, you have Sammy Guarva taking on Cody Rhodes, uh, Jericho and two mystery partners versus the Bucks and Kenny Omega, Rio versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, also announced for the show was MJS, MJF bleh, versus Brandon Cutler. So that is pretty cool. Um, AEW also had released the tag team championship brackets. Um, which the tag tournament will start on the October 9th edition. So the second episode of AEW dynamite, um, the tournament breaks down like this for the first round matchups, which will be private party taking on the young bucks, the Lucha brothers taking on Jurassic express, which of course is the team of Luchasaurus and jungle boy, um, SCU versus the best friends and the dark order who beat the best friends at the all out event have a first round buy. So they will take on the winner, um, in the second round of SCU and the best friends. So pretty awesome. Uh, looking forward to that tag tournament. there's some pretty good teams in there and should develop some pretty awesome matches. More wrestling, the better, as I say, um, figure news. Yes. We're going to bring in some figure news. Um, we've got some new pre-orders up on ringside collectibles for the WWE Mattel line. Uh, battle pack 62 is up for pre-order, which includes the authors of pain, uh, Mysterio and Shinsuke Nakamura and Andrade and the first time in the line Zelina Vega figure. So that's pretty awesome. There's a uh, big, big one to look forward to right there in that Zelina Vega. Um, also have the 2019 authentic scale ring made by wicked cool toys. Um, that is up for pre-order as well. And that ring will include raw ring skirts for both raw and SmackDown. Uh, figures, toy company unveiled prototype, images of head sculpts for the current women of honor champion kelly klein and allure members angelina love velvet sky and mandy leone for their upcoming ring of honor line so that's kind of cool and we are looking forward to those figures coming out um hopefully the final product looks as good as the prototype head sculpts like i've said before sometimes figures toy company really knocks it out of the park with the sculpts um especially during the prototype phase but when the final product comes out, they're kind of iffy. And I really hope that these come out very well, especially um, with the your Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, and Mandy Leone figures. Um, Angelina Love and Velvet did have figures in the Impact toy line made by Jax, which the face scans on those were pretty, pretty legit. So hopefully uh, Figures Toy Company can match those. Um, so that is pretty much it for your news. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to kick off the results for Clash of Champions. We'll jump into some Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT on USA, and a couple other segments. So stay tuned, and we shall return. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. 
You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, y'all, and we are back. So let's break down some results here. Um, We're going to start off with Clash of Champions, which, of course, was this past Sunday night. And honestly, it was probably one of WWE's less than stellar events um, compared to the last couple that they've done. Um, Kickoff show was the Cruiserweight Championship match. Um, Drew Gulak retained over Lince Dorado and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, United States champion AJ Styles retained over Cedric Alexander. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see that on the on kickoff, but once I saw the match, that was it was probably one of the better matches for the entire event. But it was eh, wasn't definitely something that we've seen out of the two of them. Definitely better. Uh, main show kicks off with the Raw Tag Team Titles as Seth Bra- Seth and Braun take on Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Um, Roode and Ziggler pick up the win on this one and new tag team champions. Pretty decent matchup. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Charlotte, which was a little quick of a match. Um, Bailey basically takes off the turnbuckle cover and rams Charlotte's head into it and gets a three while the ref was distracted. So Bailey retains the Women's SmackDown title. Um, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the New Day versus the Revival. Revival picks up the win and the SmackDown tag titles, making them the only team to hold the NXT Raw and SmackDown tag titles. Pretty awesome. So, um, uh, backstage segment, we had Alexa, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross backstage for an interview. Boom Mike starts falling down during the interview and the camera pans over to reveal Truth and Carmella, um, hiding his mic operators. Um, so it was kind of interesting. So pretty funny. Uh, so Alexa yells, hey, our truth is over here, and mob wrestlers chase them off. So very interesting. Probably one of the better segments of the night, um, which segued into the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross take out Fire and Desire. Um, Nikki and Alexa retain over Mandy and Sonya. Uh, we also saw a brief moment in the match with the um, NXT, not the NXT, the 24 seven title with, um, our truth, uh, coming in, getting in the middle of the ring and, uh, bliss trying to roll him up for the three counts. So we almost had a new 24 seven champion. Um, but of course truth gets away and, uh, that pretty much rolls into the end of the match. Uh, intercontinental championship, Shinsuke Nakamura taking on the Miz, uh, a lot of interference in this match from Sami Zayn. Um, either on the mic or physically interfering. Um, match came to an end after Shinsuke missed a Kinshasa attempt. The Miz hit the skull crushing finale. Uh, Miz goes for the pin, but Sammy distracts the ref. Uh, Miz chases Sammy around the ringside until Nakamura cuts him off with a boot to the face. Uh, Nakamura gets Miz back in the ring, hits Kinshasa for the three count. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Becky versus Sasha, which ended in a DQ. Uh, the match pretty much went over the entire arena. Um, some chairs were introduced into the match, and then finally the ref came to after a very bad ref bump spot, and both were DQ'd. So, or Sasha won by a DQ. Because uh, Bailey, Becky had hit Sasha with a chair. So, 
Uh, WWE Championship match, Kofi versus Orton. Uh, probably the least exciting match on the card, unfortunately. Um, Kofi retained by hitting the Trouble in Paradise after a failed RKO attempt. Uh, then we had the match that nobody had asked for, which was Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. The best part of this match and the best part of the pay-per-view the entire night was the return of Luke freaking Harper. Finally, I've been saying for weeks that Harper should have been involved in the storyline, and they finally brought back Harper, um, which, because of Harper, Rowan picked up the win over Roman Reigns. Uh, Universal Championship match between Rollins and Strowman. Rollins retained after three curb stops and a pedigree. Um, after the match, lights go out. Fiend shows up, lays out Rollins on the stage with the sister Abigail, then applies the mandible claw, and the show ends. Uh, overall, wasn't a bad show, but not the greatest, like I said earlier. Uh, pretty much a throwaway event in, event in preparation for the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. Uh, which brings us into Monday Night Raw, with Seth Rollins opening the show, um, interrupted by Bray Wyatt, who is um, doing a little Firefly Funhouse segment, who says he has his eyes on the Universal Championship. Uh, so that was an interesting segment, good back and forth between Rollins and Wyatt. Looking forward to that match at Hell in the Cell when The Fiend takes on Seth Rollins for the Universal title inside the Hell in the Cell, um, which was later um, later on announced later on that night. Good Lord, I'm just stumbling over my words tonight, and it's crazy. Um, after that, we had a tag team summit uh, with Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and The Revival. Uh, pretty much is interrupted by Strowman, who destroyed pretty much everyone but Roode, who was uh, able to get away. And then finally, your first matchup of the night. So we've had two segments with no matches. First match of the night comes about 45 minutes into the first hour, and that is the OC taking on Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders in a six-man tag match. Uh, so the OC wins. Uh, then huge brawl ensues after the match with Viking Raiders and Gallows and Anderson. Ivar hits a pretty impressive senton. Onto Gals and Anderson from the top rope to the outside. And the segment ends with a sick Styles Clash from the middle rope on uh, Cedric Alexander. Uh, King of the Ring finals matchup. Baron Corbin defeating Chad Gable to become the 2019 King of the Ring. And then the coronation ceremony will take place on SmackDown. Uh, we also had Maria's gender reveal party. Uh, which they announced that she was having a boy and then announced Ricochet as the father, um, which led to Ricochet taking out Mike Kanellis. Um, Ricochet beats Mike Kanellis with the recoil, recoil, which is pretty much the code breaker. Um, we had a Firefly Funhouse segment where Bray is talking about he needs to find more friends as he hangs up pics of people the Fiend has attacked. Uh, and we go to a break, come back from a break, and Maria's on the stage and says that Ricochet is not the father, but this man is... And we finally have the return of Rusev. Rocking some shorter hair, a mustache, and looking a little more leaner. Uh, Rusev destroys Mike Canales, makes him tap with the accolade. Um, after that, we have some more 24-7 title antics from earlier in the day as uh, Mayor Glenn Jacobs pins R-Truth after Truth runs into a goalpost. So, uh, pretty entertaining spot there. Um, so, Kane... Glenn Jacobs becomes the first mayor to hold the 24-7 title. Um, after that, we've got uh, Rey Mysterio defeating Cesaro. 
in one-on-one action. Probably one of the better matches of the night. Then we get another Firefly Funhouse segment as Wyatt is hanging up a picture of Rollins. Um, Bryce stares at the camera, and of course the Fiend face flashes on the screen. We get a promo from Authors of Pain um, returning soon. And we have Sasha and Bailey defeating Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, as Sasha makes Nikki tap to the bank statement. Um, of course, after the match, Bailey and Sasha try to attack um, Cross and Bliss with chairs, but Becky came out with a chair of her own to make the save, who was eventually followed by Charlotte, and Becky and Charlotte just beat down Bailey and Sasha. Um, after the break, Sasha challenges Becky to a rematch inside the Hell in a Cell. Uh, of course, Becky accepts. We get some more 24-7 antics as R-Truth is shown riding on top of Mayor Kane's limo. So out of the limo comes Kane. Truth gets him from behind, rolls him up, and to regain the 24-7 title. Uh, Lacey Evans defeats Dana Brooke with the women's right, followed by the sharp shooter, a very short women's matchup. Pretty much just a, uh, a time killer there. Uh, then the main event saw Seth Rollins take on Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, uh, Rollins wins by DQ after Ziggler interferes to break up the pin. Uh, after the match, the OC comes out and Dolph hits Rollins with a super kick as um, the OC is distracting Rollins. Uh, Gallows and Anderson then hit the magic killer. Uh, Kane hits the ring, cleans house, lights go out. Fiend appears, takes out Kane with the mandible claw. The show ends with the Fiend face-to-face as he crawl over to Seth Rollins. Um, and then the Firefly Funhouse graphic appears. So Raw was actually pretty decent, much better than the Clash of Champions event. Uh, SmackDown wasn't bad. SmackDown was pretty good. Uh, we had a six-man tag match open the show again as the New Day takes on, defeated the FTRKO, so that'd be the team of The Revival and Randy Orton. Um, after the match, Brock Lesnar returns in a shocking segment uh, to challenge Kofi for the WWE title on their Fox debut for SmackDown. Um, of course, Kofi accepted, and then Lesnar F5s him. Now, this is half-assed by WWE. In all honesty, this segment could have stood out more and could have been a better impact for the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox if they had kept Lesnar with the Money in the Bank title or the Money in the Bank briefcase instead of having him cash it in on Rollins. Keep him with the Money in the Bank briefcase and have him just show up on the first SmackDown on Fox and cash in on Kofi. That would have drew more ratings, and that would have brought in people that were initially not interested in watching the show just to see Brock Lesnar cash in Money in the Bank on Kofi. And, you know, keep Lesnar off TV while he's at the Money in the Bank briefcase. Make it a surprise. Make it a huge thing to get people talking. But instead, we get Brock Lesnar showing up on SmackDown to challenge Kofi and challenge accepted, blah, blah, blah. And it's just half-assed bullshit, honestly. Um, after that, we get an interview with Rowan, who basically keeps saying the same stuff over and over again. Uh, Shinsuke versus Ali goes to a no contest. Match didn't even start. Uh, Sammy and Shinsuke beat down Ali before the match started, like I said. Um, there's the Owens and Shane segment where Shane served a lawsuit of $25 million to... Where Shane, Shane got served a lawsuit of $25 million, sorry, um, by Kevin Owens. Um, Owens points out he did exactly what Shane fined him for. So this is pretty much build up for a Hell in the Cell matchup. Not specifically a Hell in the Cell match, but a match at the Hell in the Cell event. Um, Charlotte beats Becky via DQ as Bailey breaks up the, or not Becky. Um, 
Charlotte beats Sasha via DQ after Bailey breaks up a figure figure eight attempt, and then of course Sasha and Bailey beat down Charlotte until Carmella runs in for the save. Um, we have the coronation of King Corbin um, until Chad Gable comes out and destroys Corbin, the crown, the scepter, like the entire King of the Ring stuff. So um, Heavy Machinery defeats the B team in a squash match, and Daniel Bryan closes the show to address Rowan. Uh, Rowan takes offense, and Harper attacks Bryan. Uh, Roman comes in to try to make the save. Um, he gets a few shots in, but Harper and Rowan destroy both of them as well as the ringside area. Uh, Rowan nails Roman with a piece of the fan barricade. Harper and Rowan double ch- double, end up double choke something Brian through the announce table to end the show. So obviously we're probably going to end up with a tag team match between Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns taking on the team of Rowan and Harper at Hell in the Cell. So yeah. Um, like I said, with the Clash of the Champions rundown, the best thing to come out of this convoluted story arc with Rowan, Brian, and Reigns is, of course, the return of a phenomenal talent in Luke Harper. Um, NXT on USA, quick results. We had a fatal four-way for the number one contender uh, for the women's title. Uh, Candice LeRae, actually, Candice LeRae defeated... Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Mia Yim in a phenomenal matchup by the four of them. Uh, Candice had hit the Poison Rana, which is a reverse Hurricane Rana, and then a springboard moonsault onto uh, Mia Yim for the win. So post-match, Shayna Baszler and Thing 1 and Thing 2 surrounded Candice for a stare down as we cut to the announce team to introduce a video package for Adam Cole uh, with a glimpse of Undisputed Era hyping up Roddy for his North American title match against the Dream who is also shown getting ready. Um, Sean Maluda taking on Cameron Grimes. Holy shit, was this match quick. Maluda stormed from the corner. Grimes uh, Grimes turn and hits the uh, leaping double stomp and picks up the W. Grimes is that dude, man. Like You need to YouTube anything involving Trevor Lee, and trust me, you will not be disappointed um, by watching a few of his matches. Cameron Grimes is just phenomenal. Um, the NXT North American championship to close out the first hour of NXT on the USA network, um, before switching over to NXT on the WWE network, um, Velveteen dream course versus Roderick strong. Roderick picks up the win with a little help from the undisputed era. Um, but these two, this match was amazing. It was an edge of a seat type match where like, you're just anticipating like what's going to happen. Like, holy shit, that, that just happened. It was one of those types of matches that you have to see to truly appreciate how well these two are together in the ring and the type of show that they put on. Just freaking amazing. Um, Yeah, so NXT is now undisputed as the entire Undisputed Era is dripping with gold. Then we jump over to NXT on the WWE Network. We start off with Pete Dunne taking on Arturo Ruiz. Ruiz? Ruiz? I don't know. Some guy named Arturo who is like a capoeira fighter, whatever. Um, but Pete Dunne wins by submission, you know, after, you know, the finger break thing. And then we have the return of the man of the hour, my man, Leo Rush. Um, defeats Oni Larkin in a number one contenders match for the Cruiserweight title. One hell of a matchup, probably one of the best matches of the night. Just absolutely amazing. Hard hitting, fast pitch. Um, or 
Yeah, fast-paced, not fast-pitched. <laughs> Leo ends up catching Oni in a standing Spanish fly before hitting a frog splash for the win. Really happy to see Leo back, and I really hope that he's gotten um, any attitude issues or any problems that he had before all worked out, ironed out. It's amazing. Um, we get a, a preview for Dakota Kai. She'll be returning next week, uh, which brings us into women's matchup with uh, Zia Lee defeating Aaliyah. And, of course, the segment with Imperium attacking a developmental talent that was scheduled to face Kushida. Um, Walter, of course, was on the mic as Kushida interrupts, and Imperium attempts to attack Kushida. Um, he's able to fend off all four and make his way back up the ramp. So, eventually, when we get a Walter versus Kushida one-on-one matchup, it's going to be freaking phenomenal, and I cannot wait for that. Uh, main event for the second hour of NXT on the network, Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane in a street fight, which essentially goes to a no contest as it turns into a giant locker room ball. Brawl, not ball. Um, this was really a cop-out ending to the to the show. Um, otherwise, it was, it was a great show. This was just a little meh. Like, I feel like they could have done better. At least give us a clear, decisive winner through all of that chaos, but... Yeah, not going to happen. But uh, next week, we get Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle, part two. And this time, it'll be a number one contenders match for the for Adam Cole's NXT Heavyweight Championship. So, there we go. Um, on top of that, I've got a couple segments that I want to do. Uh, first off, uh, we're going to do a fantasy booking segment. Um, basically just an idea that I had for like a women's matchup featuring uh, Beth Phoenix taking on Shayna Baszler. Um, basically the buildup for this would have Shayna coming out, um, boasting that she's run through the entire NXT women's division, wants a real challenge. Um, Regal gives her new competition for a few weeks and, and Shayna just dispatches them quickly. Um, after about the third or fourth week, um, Shayna decides that, uh, Beth Phoenix being the hall of famer is the peak competition. So Shayna proceeds to call her out and, you know, Beth doesn't respond. So after, you know, a week or two of that, now Shayna starts making some personal attacks on Beth that draws her out of the commentary booth into the ring, um, both exchanging words and then Shayna and of course, um, Shafir and Duke attack Phoenix. And then we get a couple weeks passes. Beth tries to get her hands on Shayna. Uh, which finally does. They're separated by officials. And then Regal, Regal appears to make a nat- match for the next takeover. Uh, of course, Shayna will retain the title after a vicious physical matchup between her and Beth Phoenix, um, which will help elevate Shayna um, and also give Beth Phoenix a, another matchup against um, probably a, a possible dream match between Beth Phoenix and Shayna Baszler. So that's pretty cool. Uh, another segment that I want to introduce right now is the jobber spotlight. Um, basically we're going to take a lesser known talent from, you know, some point in professional wrestling. Uh, this week we're going to look at a WCW lower card standout in the luchador named El Dandy. Um, El Dandy actually Enjoyed a lot of success in Mexico, but unfortunately, when he came to the U.S. Um, and WCW specifically, uh, his career was pretty much relegated to um, pretty much being a jobber. Um, he was just used as enhancement talent pretty much for about the 
for the remainder of his career. The only time he had anything um, really meaningful was in 2000 when he was uh, briefly partnered with Silver King, Silver King, sorry, to form Los Fabulosos, uh, the hottest men in Latin America, as they're managed by Stacy Keebler, and they got a few major victories in WCW. But um, El Dandy eventually would become a cult icon, so to say, um, cult figure after uh, Bret Hart said, who are you to doubt El Dandy during an interview with me and Gene um, was asking about challengers for Bret Hart's United States, Heavy- United States Heavyweight Championship. Um, Bret has also referred to El Dandy as a jam-up guy and a serious professional. Um, but of course, after leaving WCW, he went back to Mexico as part of AAA, but left a year later to work as an independent. Um, in 2004, his match against LA Park was voted Boxy Lucha's match of the year. Uh, El Dandy made a series of matches with his longtime rival on El Santenico to celebrate his retirement from the wrestling circle in 2014. So there you have it. Um, El Dandy uh, is working for CMLL. Um, he was the CML world middleweight champion. Uh, he was an NWA world light heavyweight champion, NWA middleweight champion. Um, world wrestling association was light heavyweight champion, world tag team champion. So he's held titles pretty much in just about every promotion he was in with the exception of WCW where he was, like I said, a glorified enhancement talent. But little known fact, um, El Dandy also had a hand in training WWE Hall of Famer Lita. So there you go. So you can't be that bad of a wrestler um, considering he helped train Lita. So yeah, so pretty cool. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with some Q&A and some trivia. So stay tuned. Introducing the newest WWF wrestling buddy, Big Boss Man, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Clonk him, clonk him. Wrestling buddies want to be your buddy. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Nothing, uh, officer. Body slam! <laughs> hey, who's the wise guy? Big Boss Man! Murphy. What's going oh, on? Nothing, Sarge. <laughs> Big Boss Man and Jake the Snake Roberts, the newest WWF wrestling buddies from Tonga, each sold separately. All right, y'all, and we are back, and we're going to break down the events coming to you from North Carolina. Um, Of course, we love to support independent wrestling any chance that we get on the 21st. Now, this event is something very awesome, very one that I've talked up quite a bit. Um, I am proud to say that I am helping out with this event as a volunteer. I've also been handing out flyers for this event as well. Um, It is Masters of Ring Entertainment um, putting on a charity show. Uh, for a very special organization called Fishing with Special Friends, a nonprofit group out of Wilmington, North Carolina. The event card for this is stacked. The talent that is on this card is stacked. Um, it's just amazing. So I'm going to break down what matches have been announced already and get you hyped for this. So tickets are still available. MastersOfRingEntertainment.com. They're going to run anywhere from $15 to $40. Like I said, all proceeds, all ticket sales go towards... Fishing with the Fishing with Special Friends, the nonprofit organization. So here we go. The match card. We have the Moore Heavyweight Championship on the line as the Cowboy James Storm defends against the current Impact World Champion. He's not a man, he's a machine, Brian Cage. And Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young. 
Also on this event, we'll be more will be crowning the first ever more women's champion as Lisa Marie Varon, formerly known as Victoria, formerly known as Tara, takes on Melina. It's going to be an amazing matchup. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, and prepare to get extreme as Stevie Richards takes on the franchise Shane Douglas with the Queen of Extreme Francine in his corner. And man, so much stuff going on here. For the first time ever. First time ever. I know you hear me. One more time. For the first time ever. The chairman of AEW. The Perfect Ten. Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, takes on the badass Billy Gunn. It's going to be an awesome show. Um, And this match here that was announced as well is going to be well worth the price of admission. Chavo Guerrero taking on TJ Perkins. How can you not be hyped for this? This is amazing. Plus, you've got the more invitational Battle Royal. And also appearing on the show, you've got... One of the extreme horsemen, C.W. Anderson, former WWE valet and on-air personality, Terry Runnels. Your teacher and mine, Matt Stryker. The living legend, Larry Zabisco. And formerly known as Ken Kennedy in the WWE. He is none other than Mr. Anderson. Anderson! That's right. Ken Anderson is appearing. So this this is awesome. There's going to be a two-hour meet and greet before the show. It's going to run four to six. Uh, show starts at seven. We'll run roughly till about nine o'clock. So, also announced. Breaking news. Also announced. If you are following Masters of Ring Entertainment on any of their social media accounts, especially Facebook, this was announced on there. There is a special costume contest for event attendees if you dress up as your favorite professional wrestler you could win a chance for a special meet and greet with the more heavyweight and more women's champion at the end of the show so that's awesome so get your tassels get your boots lace them up work on your oh yeah and your well let me tell you something brother because yeah you could be winning a meet and greet with either the more heavyweight champion, which could either be James Storm, Brian Cage, Fred Rosser, or the, and the more women's champion, either Lisa Marie Varon or Melina at the end of the show. So that is pretty awesome. Um, like I said, for more information on this, mastersofringentertainment.com. Go get your tickets now. It's going to be a phenomenal show.
Thank you guys for checking out another edition of the Russell Getting Podcast. This, of course, has been episode 11, and I want to say thank you to everyone who stuck with me through these first 11 weeks as I try to make this podcast a little better each and every week as I figure this whole thing out. So I really appreciate it. And as always, if you can go ahead, if you're listening on iTunes, if you want to leave me a five-star frog splash rating, That'd be much appreciated if you want to leave some comments in the review box on there as well. Anything I can do better, any questions, concerns, anything like that, uh, go ahead and drop it in there. Or you can send me an email at askbrestlegeddon at gmail.com if you've got anything that you think I can do better or if there's a specific topic you want to talk about or if you just want to send me a question. That's cool too. But uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you all next week. For episode 12, we'll have some uh, recaps of Clash of Champions, of course, Raw SmackDown, the first live NXT on USA. So much awesome stuff, and I'm sure I will bitch some more about Ring of Honor's new weekly TV format because I'm probably going to still end up watching it again because I'm a glutton for punishment. So, thanks, guys. I'll chat with you next week. Peace. And we are back. So we're going to close out the show this week like we do every week with your weekly trivia question and the Q&A. So last week's question was, who was the guest ring announcer for the Yokozuna-Lex Luger match at WrestleMania 10? Was it Ronda Shear, Donnie Wahlberg, or Mr. Perfect? Uh, if you answer Donnie Wahlberg, go ahead and give yourself that good old Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Uh, This week's trivia question may be a little harder. Um, So, here we go. Prior to his debut at the 1990 Survivor Series, The Undertaker appeared on the November 9th, 1990 taping of WWF Superstars. What name was he announced as? And one more time. Prior to his debut at the 1990 Survivor Series, the Undertaker appeared on the November 9th, 1990 taping of WWF Superstars. What name was he announced as? So if you know the answer, you can go ahead and drop it in the comments of any post promoting the episode 12 edition of the Russell Gaddon podcast. Or you can send that answer to askrussellgaddon at gmail.com and just go ahead and throw in the subject line, episode 12 trivia question. So that is it for your trivia. Let's get into some Q&A. Got quite a few questions this week, and it's probably going to take me like an hour to get through these. But uh, here we go, here we go, here we go. We've got two questions coming in from my man Garrett Munn, who is one half of the transgendered, transgendered. Scratch that. Rewind. So we got two questions coming in this week from my man Garrett Munn. Uh, first question is your favorite custom title belt. 
Um, in all honesty, I really enjoyed John Cena's um, United States title spinner. I like the way how it looked like a turntable with like the U.S. title, like the flag on there. It kind of looked like a record. Um, I thought that was much cooler than the WWE spinner title that he had. Um, but probably custom title belt, I'd probably have to say the Smoking Skull title. Uh, just being a big uh, Steve Austin fan, big Stone Cold fan around that time frame, that title belt was probably one of the coolest looking designs that I've seen. Uh, and a very close second on that one would be Taz's FTW title belt from uh, ECW. So there you go. Favorites custom title belt. Uh, another question. Great question from Garrett Munn. Uh, what wrestler from the past do you think should get a new figure in the WWE line of toys? In all honesty, Jimmy Snuka. Needs a new figure because the one that Mattel released in that Legends line is straight up garbage. Who the hell wants a figure of Snuka in boots and tights? Long tights. Snuka wrestled in like brief style tights with no shoes. That's how I remember my Jimmy Snuka. Not in tiger stripe pants and boots. I get it. We wanted Snuka in Leopard print tights, no shoes. Crazy. Like, I just, I don't get it. So, um, uh, let's see. We've got uh, some questions here from my man, Gene Malden. Uh, we're going to start off with, uh, Gene wants to know my favorite submission holds. Uh, probably my top favorite submission hold is the Dragon Sleeper. Uh, I just really like the way that one is applied. And, you know, generally, like, you can get a pretty good leverage on that, and a lot of people will grip it, um, throw up the legs on a grapevine on there, um, and just kind of get some extra torque on it. I really love the Dragon Sleeper. Uh, full disclosure, and just about every WWE video game that the Dragon Sleeper is available in, my custom superstar has that as part of their moveset. That's how much I love that submission. Uh, let's see. Cross-promotional dream matches. Um, as of right now, the biggest one that I want to see, of course, is a tag match, uh, which will feature the Young Bucks taking on the Revival. I think that'd be a phenomenal matchup and would really love to see that take place sometime down the line. Or even a six-man tag match with the Elite, uh, consisting of the Bucks and Omega taking on the New Day. I think that'd be a fun matchup, too. Uh, Gene also wants to know your top 10 technical wrestlers ever. This one is a very tough one. Um, no particular order. Uh, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, uh, Benoit, Regal, Dean Malenko, Pete Dunne, Marty Skrull. Is that 10? Uh, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, Chris Benoit, Bret Hart, Dean Malenko, William Regal, Pete Dunne. Marty Skrull, um, of course, Ultimo Dragon, was one of my favorites. Good Lord, uh, Ken Shamrock. So there you go. 10. Me, uh, my 10, ten top 10 technical, rest, technical wrestlers of all time. So there we go. There is that. Uh, let's see. And we've also got the MVP, Carl Crossland, coming in with a couple questions here. Uh, first question, with Kevin Owens going back to NXT, well, we're not 100% sure if Owens is going back to NXT. Hopefully he does. Um, what main roster talent 
do I think would benefit going to NXT. Um, honestly, like I stated earlier, um, the Ascension would be a great fit back in NXT to help boister the tag division. Um, Jason Jordan, if he's ever able to return, I think would be better off in, on the NXT brand. Um, of course, Tyler Breeze and Fandango have returned to NXT. But I think probably the biggest would be the Ascension. They probably achieved the, the bulk, the, actually all their career success in NXT. And I really think that would be a great place for them to return and continue their winning tag team ways. Um, Carl also says, picking up back, piggybacking off of Garrett's question, uh, best looking official title of all time. Carl says his is the NWA World Television title, uh, one with the network logos on the side. Uh, that is pretty tough for me as well. Um, I really liked the WCW hardcore title. I like the design of that one, um, as well as WCW's United States title. I like really enjoyed the look of that as well. Um, but as far as best looking official title, I'm probably going to have to say, it's probably a very unpopular opinion, but the WWE ECW title that was reintroduced with the Phoenix on it, um, with the silver plating and like the Phoenix that was rising on the ECW logo, uh, that's probably my favorite looking championship championship um, officially. It was just different, and it was very very cool looking at the time. So, although the revival of ECW sucked, but that title still kind of looked cool. So. So that is it. Uh, that's the Q&A. That's your trivia questions. And that's all I've got for you. Truth be told, full disclosure, I end up recording these shows late at night after my kids go to sleep, so I am fucking tired. I've got to be up in like five hours to go to work. So I will catch you all next week for episode 13, lucky number 13 of the WrestleGet podcast. Enjoy yourselves. Watch as much wrestling as you can. Have fun. And I'll see you guys next week. Later.